Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Football Roundtable, the place where you can find all things Premier League with a splash of Champions League talk as well. Remember to click that follow button on our Spotify page and make sure to check out my new football blog, topflightfootball.net. I repeat, topflightfootball.net. Make sure to check that out. I put a lot of work into that website. I write articles every other day, depends on my schedule, but I try to write a lot and check that out. I, and uh, make sure to email me on the contact page with any support or any any questions or anything that I can do to improve because I'd really appreciate that, even on the podcast too. I also made a Twitter for the podcast today. It's called Roundtable Uncensored. You can find me on Twitter. I'm going to go through on that account and I'm going to be kind of voicing my own opinions but in an uncensored way. Now, again, the blog, Twitter, all the same. I'm Kevin Schur, and on today's episode, we will be covering general news around the globe. Although we're in the coronavirus crisis, there are still lots of things going on every single day in terms of what we're going to do to solve it and the unfinished seasons and stuff like that. We're also going to go through transfer stuff because a lot of everything is happening while we're all just sitting at home. People are trying to make moves. People are trying to sign new people for next season and coming off of this whole virus thing. So we have a, a, a crap ton of stuff to go through for that. And then we're going to finish off with a little discussion. Who will take up the mantle after the messy Ronaldo era ends? So that's the stuff we're going to be talking about today. But to start us off, yesterday it was announced that for the Premier League, they are trying, they are, they've made plans to implement a World Cup style isolation camp kind of system to finish the Premier League season. What that means is for, for, competitions like the Olympics and and the World Cup all the teams they have their own camp and they have their own designated area and their space for just the team so I think they're gonna they it said there were two locations that the games are expected to play um somewhere in London and then somewhere in the Midlands but it's expected to take place over June and July Uh, that should be really interesting and I wrote articles about that news story itself yesterday and I also uploaded why another article about why the Premier League needs to finish the 2019-20 season at all costs now I know it's probably gonna sound biased because Liverpool are two wins away from their first ever Premier League title but it's more than that there would be a lot of problems if they don't finish off the season I can I'm gonna go over that a little bit but you can read my article if you're curious there are tons of issues that could arise if they don't finish the season financially, morally, you know, ethically. Um, yeah, but other than that, I think that's extremely significant um, that every single day there's more stuff coming out. The Premier League, are, it, it, it obviously time is going to determine the decisions that will be made by the league, but it's important to make up ideas every single day. And if they're over time they're shot down and become less realistic there are obviously more backups but right now I think the World Cup style is very very smart honestly they're not really focused on they're not really focused on like fans it's not really about oh this is the city of Liverpool going to win their first title blah 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 it's not about it's about getting the season done because there would be so many complications there would be tons of complications if they're not able to finish it these games are expected to be from mid-June to mid-July as I said and they're also going to be closed to the fans 
So it's going to be played behind closed doors just because I think they're going to try to start this whole period of play um, right towards the end of the whole virus thing. So it's not completely wiped out, but it's contained. So they don't want to have fans there just so it's not spreading again. But overall, I think that was really big news that came out yesterday. In other news, most clubs and players feel that the uh, the July or the June 30th deadline that the Premier League kind of set to start this six-week period of play. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, the World Cup style. This whole thing. All there are 92 Premier League matches remaining out of all the teams. They want to put it into a six-week period of just games. In there was a quote in the statement. It was they want it to be a quote TV mega event. And I think that sounds fantastic. Yes, it's, it might be a little bad for the players because they can get injured, obviously. But with the Euros being postponed to 2021, along with the Olympics, it would be a very boring summer. And I think this is a great replacement. Obviously, I'm only saying this because it's a football podcast. And for, number one priority, obviously, is getting the virus out of society because it's 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 ruining a lot of stuff. Um so that's happening. Most clubs and players feel that by the end of June, they should have started the season or else they should just bag it. Um, West Ham vice chair Karen Brady said stuff like that. I mentioned, I, I talked about her in my article. Harry Kane has said if it's, uh, if it, if it hasn't started, sorry, not end of June, beginning of June, if the Premier League isn't, hasn't restarted by the beginning of June, they should just aim and focus on the start of the next season in August. What do I think about that? That's a great question. I'm so glad you guys asked. Personally, even if you have to mix around scheduling and you have to push it later so that the 2020-2021 season isn't starting in August, but maybe like September, I think it's worth it. Now, I'm not going to go into it, but please read the article if you're interested. Um, There's a lot of problems that could happen if the season isn't finished, so I think... At all costs, they should be finishing it. Um, In other news, Jack Grealish, this was idiotic. And the level of stardom that he has, and I guess the term clout, the level of clout that he has is enough where that if he's spotted outside, like grocery shopping, like he was yesterday or a couple days ago, then there's going to be a price to pay. Like he was spotted outside. Because during this whole COVID-19 thing, everyone is ex- like encouraged to stay home. Um, and from a captain of a Premier League club, you need to be setting an example on and off the field. you know. And I think that's a poor decision. I know for me, from a personal perspective, I do go on a drive or two during this quarantine. It's, you know, get some air, but I don't know. I think all like celebrities around the world have just been staying inside and setting that example. Um, but yeah, and we'll talk about what that could possibly do to Jack Grealish's future just because of something like that and an irresponsible action. Moving on, something incredibly important, or not important, but, you know, it's exciting news. Xavi, ex-Barcelona midfielder and captain, is, quote, ready to return to Barcelona. I think that is fantastic you know they're kind of missing 
the manager role right now and they're lacking a lot of stuff they haven't been up to par in terms of you know level of football and I think you know since Pep Pep Guardiola I think it's not been the same you know obviously um in 2015 the year after he left it was um they obviously won the treble but I think they kind of need you know they kind of need a little bounce back here. I know, um, wow, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank here. Luis Enrique, I know he, he won the treble with Barcelona, but I I think it was just because Pep's system was still in, is kind of still integrated into the players that run the pitch. But I think Xavi returning will kind of give them that spark in that old-fashioned Barcelona, classic Barcelona style that they used to have. You know, and I think later Iniesta might return too, and people like that that have been has spent their whole career at the club, and I just think that's awesome. It's like how I hope one day Steven Gerrard will return to Liverpool and have some role in the coaching staff. That would be fantastic. And moving on to something else about Barcelona, I thought this was in- incredibly generous as Messi announced the other day that all Barcelona players are going to take a seventy percent pay cut so they can go to working-class people. Um, During this crisis, there's a lot going on, and I think the fact that these big-time superstars and athletes are, you know, being generous in a time where the world economy is just so blown up, you know, it's it's incredibly hard this time right now, and, um, you know, these are the things that athletes can do. They can make such a big impact. Let's see. So back to the Premier League, back to England. There are a bunch of players that it's the whole Liverpool should they get the title debate if the season doesn't end. Yes, it's going to be you can say as I know as a Liverpool supporter, obviously I want to see a Premier League title, but personally I'm going to say I hope they don't get the title if the season doesn't count. First of all, it's just not it's it's not going to be the same. First of all, I don't want an asterisk next to next to our team name on Wikipedia or just in general. You know, um, I think it should be we should be lifting the trophy in front of the, the supporters, and I think we should do it the real way. You know, obviously we had a fantastic season. We're 25 points ahead in the table as of now, you know, after the suspension of the season. City had a game in hand, but it doesn't really matter. It was inevitable that Liverpool were going to lift the title at the end of the season if there wasn't the coronavirus outbreak but you know you have people like Ilkay Gundogan they say give Liverpool the title they deserve it you know but you, then you have a bunch of other people saying just null and void the league you know cancel the league erase it if it doesn't if we're not able to complete it and I get that you know because but again I talk in the article about what could be bad you know there's teams that need to be relegated there seems to be that need to qualify for Europa Europa League and the Champions League so um there's stuff that still needs to be decided and I think the season just has to be finished you know so there's no que- there is still a question about whether Liverpool can still lift the title this season I think they're trying their hardest to actually finish all 38 games um, and I think it's really important they do that that's general news there's a lot of transfer stuff going around because obviously you're sitting in quarantine as an agent or a player you're trying to make moves if you've if you're wanting to leave in the summer um, because obviously you don't know if the season's over, so might as well start looking now. 
So after that whole Jack Grealish incident of walking outside and being spotted in public after, you know, the world is in quarantine, I th- that there was news that talks are potentially breaking down with Manchester United after he was spotted in public. And instead, United are probably going to be focusing on Leicester's James Madison. Now, from all these stories and all these links with United they look like they're going to have a busy transfer window, and that's scary for Premier League clubs. Now, I know in the past they've gone out and bought superstars, Falcao, Di Maria, you know, Ibrahimovic, Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez. There's a lot of people, you know, possibly even Pogba. You could possibly even put Pogba on that list, and then they just did not perform. Um, you know, I... United's always going to have that reputation as a club that all these big stars are still going to want to go there. We're going to talk about, you know, Harry Kane, Jaden Sancho in a minute, but so many top, top players with so much potential really want to go there. And I think United are really in a good, they're going in the right direction right now. I think they're giving Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the time that he needs and he's able to make an impact on the club. And so bringing in all these players, you know, you have like Daniel James in the squad right now. You have so you have your squad's so young, and I I get why you want to bring a player like James Madison in, but the reason why I would disagree with a move like that is because he's also really young. You know, the fact the fact that you're that the captain Ashley Young transferred away while he had the armband, it kind of says something about the club. But they still attract these big big players, and I think after a time you get so many superstar players, something's gonna work. And I think that's what they're going for. And in the past, they've always had the reputation of having awful recruitment based on, like, the players that I listed off before, a couple about a couple seconds ago. You know, they're taking a chance, and they're spending big money. Like, you go into, some, like, the values of some of these people. Like, we'll talk about Jaden Sancho in a minute, but they set the the price tag, like, so high. Like, like really pricey. And you just don't know where the money comes from. And it's just like, is it worth it? Because... The market for players is and their prices are only going up since the whole Neymar $220 million price tag. You know, since that happened, and Mbappe for like 100-something, you know, Coutinho's are going for 100-plus. And in the past, it was only like Gareth Bale and Ronaldo, you know, and all these players, people that were like world beaters at the time. I get it. Mbappe and Neymar, they are the world's best and it's great into the topic that we're going to talk about later because um, they're on the list that I made of people that could replace Messi Ronaldo. But um yeah, it's it should be extremely interesting what United decide to do in the transfer window. Keeping on keeping on with United. So they're looking they were looking at Grealish, Jack Grealish from Aston Villa, Captain Aston Villa, Leicester's James Madison, and now Harry Kane is on the list. Harry Kane the other day in an interview said that he will not stay at Spurs for quote the sake of it. And you know, good for Harry Kane. I I I give him full marks for that because he's had so much loyalty for Tottenham for his whole career. Tottenham made him as a player and, you know, he's, you know, to say he's done so much is probably a lie. Individually, he's, he's, he's probably the, one of the best strikers, top three striker in the Premier League, top 10 on the planet. And I'm not saying he's ring chasing, you know, the American term in like NBA and stuff, but, you know, he, he wants to win trophies. I don't blame him. It's why people like, Suarez left Liverpool and Coutinho left Liverpool and Sterling left Liverpool and all these people that left Liverpool because they weren't winning trophies. Um, unfortunately for for them, we are starting to win trophies. But 
I don't blame him. And so Harry Kane's been linked with United, and I don't know how that... I think... I don't know how that just relates to anything having to do with trophies. I'll never understand United, but they're just that prestigious of a club, you know, that people will go there. You know, to say I'm going to play for Manchester United is a dream for a lot of people, and that moves on to the other three clubs that he's linked with. City, Manchester City, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Barcelona and Real Madrid are the pinnacle of a player's career. No matter who you are, no matter who you're playing for, if, like, you're Mohamed Salah and you're playing for Liverpool, a top three club on the planet, and you get an offer from Barcelona or Real Madrid, you're going to think about going, if not go. You know, no matter whether Liverpool is a better club, I'm not saying they are at the moment, than Barcelona and Real Madrid, um, which I think they had a better season than both, but it doesn't matter. Like, they, there's something deep down about those two clubs that they just have so much influence on a player um, compared to any other club on the planet. And you get an offer from them, they're going to consider it. So Harry Kane, possibly to United, City, Barca, or Madrid. That should be interesting because, you know, English players don't have the best history of doing well outside of England. So I feel like Barcelona and Real Madrid would be tough for him to perform at. And, um... For United and City, I think it would be very tough for him to leave Spurs and go to a rival top six club in the same league. So that's Harry Kane. His future is not determined, is undetermined at the moment. But we'll move on into Jaden Sancho, who the other day his agent talked about the price tag, or Dortmund talked about the price tag that they set on him. Oh my goodness. Jaden Sancho set at a $120 million price tag, and Dortmund won't budge any lower. Now, United are also linked to bring the Englishman back to the rival club of the team that he used to be at, Manchester City. He was at Man City, and then he moved to Dortmund, and United are trying to bring him back. And that is just an unbelievable number. $121 million. I I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about this one. That's a lot of money. You know, I don't know how much money is in the club right now for them. But you really have to know that you're getting something special for $121 million, in my opinion. So, um, but obviously he's like a young talent. He's the world's, he's, he's going to be one of the world's best one day. And not too soon, maybe a year or two. But United looking for him as well. Let's see. Olivier Giroud. I found this out the other day. He quote, I did everything I could, but Chelsea didn't want to let me leave because the t- condition in place was that they had to bring in a replacement, end quote. Uh, I just I feel for Giroud so much. He's so talented. I, I rate him so highly. You know, he's so good at what he's good at. And that sounds dumb, but I think in terms of, you know, aerial threats, f- he's not the fastest, he's not the best with his feet. But he can get him behind. He can finish into the bottom corners. He, he's, a, he's a fantastic finisher, and he can win balls in the air. He's a specific breed. He's a Benteke. He's a, you know, he's a, he's, he's a big, he's a big, he's a big 10. Or he's a big 9 that can get up for balls and can finish them in the bottom corner. And you don't find a lot of those these days, you know. He's kind of, he's kind of like a tall Roberto Firmino, you know. If he can improve his passing game, I know he's a lot older, but, you know, I if I was a big club, I would want him. If he was a more skilled passer, he would be a Firmino type. And that's a player that all clubs on the planet need because he, they can just do so much damage no matter how low-key their play style is. 
So I thought that was really heartbreaking. You know, he kind of got replaced by the whole front three at Arsenal, so he, he kind of scooched out of there and then comes to Chelsea, and he wasn't really utilized by Lampard in a team full of young players. And the only way he really got into the team was because of a Tammy Abraham injury. So I thought that was really unfortunate. And sticking with Chelsea, Willian, if he leaves Chelsea, he says he wants to stay in the Prem. And um, I've been saying Will- Chelsea sh- should um, sell Willian for a while now. He's still very talented. I think you can get a decent a decent buck off of him. Um, but if you want to stay in the Prem, then somebody's going to get a Premier League champion right winger. And, you know, that can help a lot on a club, on a lot of clubs, you know. Like if Adama Traore leaves Wolves, you could bring in a replacement like Willian for a couple of years. You know, and you can mentor these inexperienced teams because Wolves and Sheffield are in this position that they've not really been in before. They used to be bottom clubs, and now they're mid to top table clubs. You know, so you need to bring in people with experience. And, um, you know, people like Diego Jota and, you know, Doherty, you know, and Adama Traore, they're not going to do it. So experience is extremely important. And um, staying in the Prem, back to United again. Saul from Atletico and these big numbers and this one is more more set than um, the Jaden Sancho transfer because United are growing increasingly confident of completing a club record 135 million deal 35 million dollar deal for Atletico Saul 135 ladies and gentlemen that's insane Saul fantastic player for unfortunately had to see his club go through against Liverpool uh several weeks ago you know during the Champions League second leg at Anfield but um he's a consistent player how old is he Saul is twenty five he has got a lot of time to improve you know and I think united you know he's in his prime so United are trying to bring in prime players all at the same time and sh- shape all of the players under Ollie. And they're trying to build something here. They're trying to get back to what they used to be. They're trying to get back to Fergie-level Manchester United. They're trying to get to Champions League finals and Premier League titles and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously there's this price to pay. Like, they're setting the bar so high in terms, like, financially. It's going to be tough. Like, how much money do they have? 135 for one player, 121 for the other, and they're expected to go after both. But anyway, moving out of England, um, Lataro Martinez. God, we've been hearing a lot about this guy. You know, um, Inter Milan, he just bursted out of the scene, and um, his agent the other day admitted that they're in talks with many clubs. And that's extremely interesting. Where is he going to go? La Liga? Is he going to go to Real Madrid, Barcelona? Is he going to go to the Prem? I'd love to see him in the Prem. He's extremely talented. Um, no word on a price for for him yet, but um, more news should definitely be coming out daily. And um, I'll definitely keep you updated on that. Juve. Juve, obviously trying to get Paul Pogba again. They're trying to get him back from United. And... There are different sides of the story. Juve are still trying to, you know, place offers down on the table for United. You know, they've they've 
had an initial offer for a certain fee. Pog was valued at around $60 million, But now, for their next offer, they're supposed to be including Aaron Ramsey with a transfer fee for Paul Pogba. And that means that Aaron Ramsey would come back to the Premier League after a underwhelming spell at Arsenal. But then other sources say that United are confident that they're going to keep Paul Pogba and his services for next season. Now going from one red club to another, the there has been, you know, questions what after Coutinho kind of, you know, had a rough patch at Barcelona and then went on loan to Bayern and he did decent there and you know, there's questions like is oh are Liverpool going to take him back? Are Liverpool going to take him back? And here's why we absolutely should not because Klopp Jurgen Klopp is all about loyalty and hard work and wearing the badge with honor. Coutinho, he did his time. I'm not saying it was bad and he had to suffer through it because he had some good moments. He had some fantastic moments. He was one of the best players in the league at a point. But he didn't trust the future of the club, especially when we were growing so fast. We were starting to grow. It was the 2017-2018 season. The first year that we made the Champions League final against Madrid, he left early in the, he left halfway through. He left in in the winter transfer window. He we went to Barca, and he had a rough patch. And now there's talks about him coming back. Liverpool shut down every single rumor about it. They don't want him back. And I agree. If you're a Suarez, a Sterling, and a Coutinho, you know, obviously Suarez and Sterling have had their success, and they're most likely not coming back unless they loop around and come back at the end of their career so they can finish it there at Anfield. But Coutinho, if you go to a, you know, quote-unquote better club and then you don't do well, don't expect to come back because now we're a top club on the plant, uh, in the world and you're, coming, you're, you're trying to come crawling back. And I, I lose respect for people like that. You know, he was one of my favorite players. He did so much for the club, but we went through eras – and these Liverpool teams, we went through the Torres, Gerrard, you know, the Sturridge, Suarez, you know, the Coutinho's, you know. And now we're at Van Dijk, Firmino, Salah. There's so many people out there. We're, Jurgen Klopp era. We'll call this a Jurgen Klopp era because, frankly, it is his era. He's changed so much. But that's basically all we have on transfer news. There's a lot that's going to be going on around this time period because – you know, we're not sure whether we're going to have football again in England or around the world, I guess. So I guess people are just trying to make moves at the moment. Obviously, nobody can't, can make moves until the summer, until the transfer window opens. But, you know, you can obviously agree to a transfer early. And um, that brings us to our last topic of the podcast. We're going to talk about, or I'm going to talk about, no one else is here with me. We're going to talk about after Messi and Ronaldo, after their era ends, who's next? Who's the next Messi and Ronaldo? You know, and we so, people sometimes take it for granted. I guess the world, I'm including myself, you know, when they get in these arguments about who's better, Messi or Ronaldo, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and just realize, look at what we're watching. You know, we're watching two of two of arguably the best players to ever play the game. You know, you put Pele in there, you put Mar- Maradona in there, Zidane. But these are two of the best players, two top three players, in my opinion, 
to ever play the game, to ever touch a football, you know? And they're getting older. They're in their 30, I think, I think Ronaldo's 35 now, Messi's 34. And you talk about who's going to take up this mantle. There's, these are such big shoes to fill, and there are already players at s- such a young age playing in 2020 that are already showing us that they could be the next ones. And that's starting off. Obviously, got an early start on all these other players, but Neymar, Neymar Jr., um, he's obviously already had so much success in his career. He's so talented. Um, everyone knows that he's probably the third best player on the planet, in my opinion. In my opinion, I think he's the third best player on the planet. You know, how he plays the game, that's a different story. I don't respect diving. You know, I don't, I, okay, let's, let me change my mind. Let me rephrase that. I don't, diving is always going to be a part of the game. It's part of the game. You draw fouls, it's tactical. I don't respect how he rolls around on the ground. And I don't think anyone should, you know? You watch that, I watch that, and I just cringe a little bit. So, um, but he's extremely talented. And I think in order of talent, the next one would probably be Mbappe, his teammate, fellow winger. Um, in my opinion, he's the next one. You know, he's only, I don't know, can he even drink yet? Can this guy even drink yet? Mbappe is, okay, yeah, he's 21, but also he's in Europe, so he can drink in the States. He's 21 years old. He's a World Cup winner. League One, um, not a Champions League winner yet, but there are, you know, in dream in in Dreamland, linked with Liverpool possibly. Um, I didn't go into it before, but Timo Werner is um, obviously a big link to the Reds, and he might even be on this list too. But I, I, there's just so many young guys in this era, so it's. Neymar to start. He's probably going to lead the charge into this next era of footballers and world-class footballers. Then Mbappe's had all the success. Out of all of these, I think Mbappe will have the best career, and I think he will be the most skilled out of everyone. He's already shown so much class in 2018 in the World Cup. You know, at such a young age, 19 years old, you know, you score two goals against Messi's Argentina in the in the knockouts you score a world cup final goal you know he just seems so experienced for his age it seemed like he started his career so early at monaco um but he's already so experienced and i think all these young guys they they play at such a high level at such a young age it's phenomenal so i have mbappe too on the list then i'm gonna go with Jaden sancho now why I put Jaden Sancho next is because, you know, he's extremely consistent. He can do a lot of damage. I've seen him play maybe five or so games, you know, and obviously I probably most likely have to watch him more to really get a sense of how good he is. But, you know, he just shows so much, so many signs of just class and just t- so much talent. Um, he's fast. He has great footwork. He can finish. Um, but that Dortmund side is, is star-studded. You know, they got a lot of young guys and they're they're getting back to you know you know, they're getting the players that they deserve. That club is so loyal. I love everyone at that club and um I've loved them for a long time. You know, Jer- you know, Dortmund and Liverpool kinda have a, a connection, you know, with Klopp. And so Dortmund kind of have a special place in the back of my heart. And I love Marco Royce. Unfortunately injuries have 
put a dent in his career. Um, but after Jaden Sancho, I'm going to go on to Jao Felix. You know, obviously these are all attackers, basically. And it's simple as that. Attackers make a mark on the world more than defenders. And there's going to be a defender on this list, and you probably know who he is. Um, but I'm talking about young guys, you know. I'm talking about young guys on these li- on this list. Neymar, yeah, he's like he's like old young. You know, he's like what, 24? You know, Neymar he's 28. Wow. Wow, he's very old. I don't know what I'm thinking. So he's in he's kind of capping off this era of young players. He still plays like he's incredibly young. But wow. But then you have the Van Dykes and the Salas and the Mane's and the Allisons and the all these people in their mid twenties. They're all in their primes, but they're not the young players. So I guess Neymar is not on this list. <laughs> My mistake. Wow, what was I thinking? So it's Mbappe at one, obviously, twenty twenty one year old. Plays a little bit under the level of Neymar, in my opinion. He still has a lot of room to improve. Um, but it goes Mbappe, Sancho, Jal Felix, who, you know, if you see if you see someone playing football, you know, on TV like that, you just know. You kind of just know, you can see them, you know. They're so aware of everything around them. They can play so quick, they can move the ball, they can dribble, they can get past anybody on the pitch, you know. They can finish, you know, dribble, pass, everything about the game. And I think Jao Felix is that guy. Mbappe is that guy. Sancho is that guy, you know. And I have two more. And the next one is a defender. And it's not biased because there's something so special about him. And that's Trent Alexander-Arnold. And, you know, obviously people will point out his one-on-one defending. And I get that. I get why you would. But... Trent Alexander-Arnold is 21 years old. Trent Alexander-Arnold is 21 years old. Okay, he's two months older than my brother. Two months young, yeah, two months older than my brother, and it's crazy. He could just start drinking in the states. The way he can cross in a football is better than anybody on the planet. I don't care. There's no argument. That's the that's a fact. That's a fact. It's an it's a fact that started out as an opinion. But then it just got built on, built upon so much that now it's just a fact. You can't tell me anybody else, a better crossing defender, maybe even a better crossing player. You can put De Bruyne in there, obviously. And, you know, there's a, there's a couple of other players. But in terms of vision and passing, he's the best out of the defenders on the planet. And he has, you know, over a decade of a career to go, depending on his health to improve his one-on-one defending and you know what he's gonna do he's gonna do it because he's 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 only going up from here and obviously knock on wood that's depending on if he stays healthy and for Liverpool's sake I really hope that he does stay healthy so that's TAA as my family nicknames him it's such an awful nickname it doesn't even rhyme um <laughs> so triggered so that's Trent Fantastic! I'd put him at four on this list. I have five people on this list. He comes after Jao Felix. And then lastly, who we have the least amount of leads on, and that's Erling Holland. The kid is, you know, he's a, sh- he's a showman. He's a pure showman. And we saw that in the Champions League against PSG. The fact that the whole PSG team, after beating Dortmund in the tie, did his celebration that he did against, the- against them in the first leg after he scored washed them 
squashed their back line, squashed their keeper, just destroyed them. Two goals. They that that's petty, first of all. That's petty. You know? The fact that you have to impersonate you have to mock a nineteen year old's celebration after they scored twice on you, you know? After scoring twice on a world class team, world class club. You know, he's got so much potential, but we haven't seen enough from him yet. You know, he's putting up insane numbers, but this is like his first breakout season. He hasn't had one full season yet. You know, he hasn't had, you know, if he gets to two or three seasons of consistency, then we know this kid's the real deal. But all these guys are extremely young and I think out of all of them, you know, three of them have shown that they're they've been consistently world class and that's Trent Sancho and of course Mbappe. So that kind of that kind of wraps up everything from today. I know obviously I talked a little fast, but I spread it out for about 30 35 to 40 minutes. Um obviously I'm going to be writing articles every other day even though there's not a lot of news to cover. Hopefully you guys can check that out. I made the Twitter, check that out. It's called Roundtable Uncensored. Um it's going to be really funny the Twitter account and it's going to be informative, so check that out roundtable uncensored on twitter and my website topflightfootball.net again topflightfootball.net i work really hard on these articles and if you've gotten this far in the podcast then you'll probably read them because you've listened to 35 plus minutes of podcast but overall i just really appreciate all the support and i love you guys see you next time peace